Corinthians, first book of Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter one. Amen. For those of you that use your device, by all means, please do so. For those of you that still have the Bible, amen, that you can touch, physical book, please do so. And for those of you that just like to look at the big text on the projector, you can do so as well. Amen. I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Thankful to be here. You know, if you walk long enough with the Lord, you will learn that even when you don't feel like it, if you will just trust him and do what you need to do to get into his house, he will do something wonderful in your life. Amen. I got up this morning and I said, man, God, I don't know if I'm feeling today. Preachers don't say that. huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said, man, God, today just feel, feel a little bit like it's just it feels hard that it's not easy. And while the sun is shining and. You know, it's just a good day that you're blessed us with. I just feel like I got to put a lot of effort into making things work this morning to get into the house of the Lord. But it's no big deal. I've walked with the Lord for a little bit, so I understand that the moment you don't feel like getting into the house of the Lord, that's the suspicion there that God is getting ready to do something amazing. If you walk long enough, you will know the days that you feel a little bit like, hmm, now, I don't mean to uh, make you feel bad on the days you feel just fantastic and ready to come. It's going to be good, too. But I guess it has a different impact on the days you don't feel like coming because you were just not doing well to begin with. So whatever he does that day, it seems extraordinary because you knew I just didn't feel good. I didn't even feel like going. So be encouraged this morning. If you didn't feel like coming, you're right along with the preacher. <laughs> I didn't feel like coming. Didn't know where I would go if I didn't come, but I just didn't feel like coming. But you're right along with me this morning. So if you're riding with me this morning, say amen. First Corinthians chapter one, verse number 10 says, we got a little bit of reading to do. We'll read to verse 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye speak the same thing. I'm taking my time here. The word of God says that we speak the same thing. Oftentimes as people, we're trying to get away from one another. When, when you decide that it, I'm going to give my life to Christ, Christ says we have to become one, which means we speak the same things. And that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That word judgment there mean the same opinion. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am Paul, and I am apostle, I am of apostle, Apollos, and, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Question. 
was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? There's a lot going on there. Paul says, is Christ divided? You can all say, I like Apollos because he was a great man of God. Or I like Paul because he was a great man of God. Or I like this one and that one. We can like all of them. But what he's saying is, don't let that divide you because there's only one Christ. Uh huh. And he says here, which is very important, little, little, little thing here that you might miss. He says, was Paul crucified for you? He's making a point. Question mark. Then he says, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So it must mean you're supposed to get baptized in the name. He says, were you baptized in Paul's name? So obviously there's a name that you're supposed to be baptized in. I'll ask you this question real quick. Is father a name? Is son a name? Is Holy Spirit a name? Okay, just checking. Just checking. Just checking. Verse 14 says, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Least any should say that I had baptized them in my name. Mine own name. Okay. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. Now, here we go. Hold on tight. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Don't get that twisted and say, oh, we're not supposed to be baptized. No, here's what he's telling you. But to preach the gospel. Because without the gospel being preached to you, what good is baptism? So he's saying, let me preach the gospel, then you can be baptized. And so he's saying, I was sent to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Father, let your spirit have free course. Do what you will among us this morning. We are weak, but you are strong. Father, we open our heart that you may impart to us what you will. We surrender our life that you may do with our life whatever you please. For God, we don't know which way to go. We don't know all the answers to life, but you do. And so this morning, almighty God, we look to you, the great God, master and ruler of everything, the giver of life, the creator of everything. We look to you for direction. We look to you for answers. We look to you for all of our needs. And Lord, we trust you. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've entitled the message today, The Gospel Works. The Gospel Works. How about you tell your neighbor, The Gospel Works. 
Tell your other neighbor, the gospel works. Hmm. Some people attend church services for different reasons. Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, why do I get up, get myself together and go to church service? Some people attend for the preaching style of the preacher. They might, they, they, they may like the preacher. For some, they attend because of the popularity of the preacher. For others, they attend because the preacher preaches to make them feel good. If I don't preach good today, I won't see you next week. And preach good only means that you felt good when you left. Well, I got to tell you this morning, I don't feel good about preaching. (laughs) I don't think that I got something that's going to make me or you feel good. But I feel deep down in my bones when I stand in the presence of God to deliver his word. That what God is going to deliver to us is going to be so beneficial to us. In the kingdom of God, it don't always got to feel good to become beneficial. In the kingdom of God, whatever he does is always beneficial. Whatever he says is always right. Whatever he works in our life, it's always going to be for the good. And the purpose of God in our life. So we might as well cast off feelings. We might as well cast off all of the things that we allow to 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 distract us or to not open our heart to the word or to cause us to not receive or focused on the things of God. We come for different reasons. And maybe you need to ask yourself this morning... What am I here for? What do I expect? Because I read in the scripture, believe it or not, what man set out to do and to obtain, that's what man will receive. Oh, you don't want to believe that. If you set out to be rich and you're determined enough, you will become rich. Whatever we set out to do, that's what we will do. God said it so because when God created us, he gave us dominion over everything. And so if God gave us dominion over everything, we have the right to take control of whatever we want to take control of. And whatever we are trying to accomplish, God has given us the faculties and the knowledge and understanding as how to accomplish it. So whatever we set out to do. We're going to do whatever we set out to obtain. We're going to obtain whatever you did not obtain is because you didn't put enough effort into it. It's not because you could not obtain it. If you didn't obtain it, it's because you didn't put enough effort. You didn't put enough time. But if you put it in and you try to accomplish it, you will because God made you so. We won't ever have an excuse or reason as to why we never accomplished anything. And so that goes for our walk with God. See how good God is? He made you so that you will be able to accomplish whatever he has set forth for you to accomplish in him. But while he said it so, guess what? It means you can also accomplish what you want outside of him. 
God is fair. He is just. And he has given us the power of choice. We have to take our eyes off people and focus them on Jesus. We have to take our eyes off people and focus them on Jesus. People will let you down some of the times. God will never let you down. God said he will never leave you nor forsake you. God has every answer for every question that you will have. It doesn't mean he's going to answer all of them. But he has the answer to every question. And if we would take our minds and our focus off people and put them on Jesus, I believe that alone today will change our life, will change our direction, will propel us to where God is calling us to. we got to put our focus on Jesus. Not on people. If you was at marriage meeting, you'll see that very well. Adam, the reason why he sinned against God, he put his eyes on Eve and took it off of Jesus. That's why the whole mess started in the garden. He took his eyes off God and put it on Eve. And it's hard to see two things at the same time. Oftentimes, most people who attend church service are hearing the message they want to hear and not the message that is being actually preached. Will that be you this morning? That you will hear the word of God being preached, but somehow you're hearing a different message than the message that God is trying to get through to you. There's a message this morning, and the message is the gospel works. There's a message this morning that God wants us to know, and that is to put our focus on Him. There's a message this morning, and that is God is interested in transforming your life, is to making you into the best you you could ever be. There's a message this morning and God is calling you to hear it the way he wants you to. The gospel is so undervalued to the Christian as well as the non-Christian. This morning I'm bringing the gospel to you because I believe we've allowed the gospel to become invaluable. It's not valuable to us the way it's supposed to be. We don't value the gospel. We come into the house of the Lord and we want to hear about, uh, oh, how can I overcome my situation? Huh? Give me an answer. Give me an answer. Let me tell you something, church. We got to get to this place to understand. Uh, when you get in Jesus, you will understand. Uh, but you got to get into a place and realize uh, when man sinned in the garden, we invited so many things into our society uh, and some of them will never be gone. They will always exist. Uh, but when Jesus Christ came, he came that we will have the authority and that we will have the mindset and that we will have what we need to live in this world that we messed up and still be overcomers and still be victorious. We can't worry about every single thing because it won't get fixed. It won't get changed. People will stay sinners. People will stay just doing the wrong things. But if we will look to Jesus, we will live in this world as crazy. Crazy as it is, and still be victorious. 
We can't just come and say, oh, I'm going through and I need this. I'm going through, will you help me with this? I'm not telling you God don't love you that much that he wants to help you. He wants to help you. But somehow we allow what we're going through to distract us from doing God's business. Can you imagine being God? Can you imagine being God? And God is saying, all you ever ask is for me to help you with your stuff. But you never ask me how I can, you can help me with my stuff. Just think about that as God. Just God is saying, I got you and I will take care of you. But when are you going to do something for me? All you ever want is for me to take care of your situation. All you ever want is for me to straighten this out and straighten that. And many of the things you're asking me to do, I've given you power to do it. I've given you the power to do it. God help me this morning. God has given us power to take care of a lot of situation, but we don't want to do it the way God says. We want to do it the way we want to. We want to work it out the way we think it should work out. But God knows. God is doing things that we have no understanding of. We pray for our loved ones to be saved, and God says, oh yeah, I'm with you on that. We're going to get him saved. We're going to get her saved. And then God begins to do what he needs to do or allow what he needs to allow to come their way so they can the things and situations can drive them towards him. And as we see, we start worrying, oh Lord, I need to go help them. I need to go, no, you don't need to do anything. The greatest thing we can do for anybody is stay on our knees and say, Jesus, I did ask you to save my son. Jesus, I did ask you to save my daughter. Jesus, I did ask you to save my loved one. I know I'm praying and now I'm looking and it looks like it's getting bad. It's getting worse. But God, I'm on my knees trusting you. It must be you working. It must be you moving. It must be you allowing things to happen because I've been praying and I know you said you want to see everybody save and none perish so I know you're working give me the strength to stay in my place while you work that's what we're supposed to be doing but we always feel like there's something more we got to do we always feel like we got to go do something and God is saying are you kidding me I got are you kidding me? I'm working. You just don't understand how I work. And you know why we don't understand? Because we're so connected to our problems and our situations. I got to tell you, church, because we're all human and all flesh, we all got problems. But man, oh man, I've experienced God in such a way that I look at my problems and laugh at them. I look at my situations and laugh at them. Somebody from afar might look at me and says, man, he's so nonchalant and don't care. It ain't nonchalant and don't care. It's because I trust Jesus. You know why I trust Jesus? Because I'm working with him. I'm side by side with the Lord saying, God, what will you have me to do? Whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And if I'm doing Jesus' business, I know he'll take care of mine. 
We worry a lot because we're not doing his business. We don't even realize that we are not doing his business. So we worry so much. Why do you think you're worrying? Why do you think you're worrying? You remember the Apostle Paul? Some of you Bible scholars remember Paul was on his way to Rome and the ship, he got on a ship and all of a sudden the ship just, just got in an accident and it was being destroyed. Right before it happened, they started worrying. Paul said, there will be no life loss on this ship. They look at him like he was crazy. You know what he said? Because I'm supposed to go to Rome. I'm, the Lord told me I'm supposed to go to Rome. And so because I'm on this ship, ain't nothing happening to nobody. I'm going to Rome. When are we going to get an attitude? Because the secret to that attitude is he was on the mission for the Lord. If the Lord sent you somewhere, guess what? Nobody can stop you. Because nobody can stop the Lord. And when we get on board with God and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. When we get on board that way, nobody can stop you. Uh-huh. That's why the devil trying to keep you from serving God. That's why the devil keep you from coming to church. Because the more you come to church, the more desire you have to serve the Lord. The more desire you have to please the Lord. And if the devil can stop you from serving God, what happens is you get into a place where you're not worth anything because you're not doing anything for the Lord. I hate to put it as blunt as I can. People that's not serving the Lord put themselves in a bad position. You put yourself in a place of not being a valuable commodity. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. God can't use you. The devil can't use you. It's like you exist for no reason. So we're running from some things and I'm like, no, no. To strengthen your position, get on board with God. To strengthen your position, start serving the Lord. Because that's when you become indestructible. That's when you become unstoppable. It's when you get on board with Jesus. Because nothing can stop you and touch you. As long as the Lord's hand is upon you. For you to do His will, nothing can stop you. And whatever the reasons are, we just... Lost in our own zone. And we don't realize that's the quickest way to get up out of here because nobody really have need of you. We like a chaff in the wind. No need. But when you put yourself in position with the Lord, he will make sure that you're valuable and become unstoppable. We have to stop undervaluing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no power, no person, or no thing that can do for you what the gospel can do for you. There is no power. There is no person. There is no thing that can do for you what the gospel can do. Everything that you look to, to help you with whatever you need help of, it can't do what the gospel can do. Uh, I'll show you in a second. We must not undervalue the gospel. 
The gospel is the joyous good news of the life of Jesus Christ. His birth, how he lived his life, how he laid down his life to be crucified by his very own creation. And how he was killed and risen from the dead after three days, then ascended to heaven. That's the gospel. But we kind of dismissed that. A couple Sundays ago, I don't know, the Holy Ghost moved on me to talk about death. And maybe another hour after that, Kobe Bryant died. And so the death didn't even have nothing to do with my sermon. But the Holy Ghost is like that. So the Holy Ghost came back up this morning about that same death stuff. And so... What the Holy Ghost kind of brought back to my mind is Wayne Watch, how the first couple of days, how the people was beside themselves of the death of Kobe Bryant. Wayne Watch, the intensity from two Sundays ago till today is not the same, is it, Wayne? No, Lord. It's, it slowed down a little bit. He said, Wayne, that's how my people do. They tend to forget stuff in no time. They forget all the good things that happen in no time. They forget things. They just, they're a right now people. If it ain't right now, they're not paying no attention to it. They are just right now. And after it's done, they just move past it like it never happened. He said, over 2,000 years ago, I gave my life. <laughs> and the church don't even realize it. The church is just always looking for me to just do this for them and do that for them. They don't even understand the reason why they are a church. They don't even understand the reason why they're still here. They have forgotten what I had done for them over 2,000 years ago. All they care about now is their well-being. They forgot. Preachers forgot. Preachers ain't preaching what I had done for this church over 2,000 years ago. Because all you care about is just that need, that want right then and there. You're not thinking about what he did over 2,000 years ago. That's an that's a afterthought now. Yeah. If somebody don't bring it up, we don't talk about it. If somebody don't bring up... What God did, the gospel, the cross, if somebody don't talk about it, we act like it never happened. We talk about how to be saved because guess what? It benefit us. I want to go to heaven. But we don't talk about the reason why we have the opportunity to go to heaven. His life, Jesus' life, was an example to us as to how we must live our life. His crucifixion of being beaten, a crown of thorn placed on his head, it was him being nailed on the cross and, 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 and then the sword being thrust in his side. All these things had purpose and meaning. He lived his life for us to have an example of how we need to live our life. Yes. The crown of thorn that they placed on his head. Well, first when they beat him, let's go with that. They beat him and, and they beat him 39 times. He received lashes and not like with the belt that me and you have. We're not going to get into that. His flesh was being pulled out every time he got a beating. 
Every time he got a lash, boom, flesh being pulled out. 39 times. You know what those 39 times are for, Brother Chuby? By his stripe, we are healed. Medical physician says, if you study medical conditions, there are 39 major diseases in the world and everything springs from those 39. He got 39 stripes. Are you kidding me? He did all that for us? Yes, he did all that for us. 39 stripes. So it doesn't matter what sickness you have, God can heal you from it. Why did you get beat 35 times? Why did you get beat 15 times? Why did you get beat 25 times? Because it was all about positioning for you and for me. He got beat 39 times by his stripe. We are healed. And I say stripe because whatever the sickness we have, there's a stripe for that sickness. They placed a crown of thorn on his head. Spikes. That when you put it on, it just went straight down in the skull. Blood just started coming out his head. They placed that, pushed it down on him. You know why he did that? So we will have the opportunity to have a sound mind. He took pain so we don't have to. He took shame so we wouldn't have to. And we forgot about this. We forgot about this. And we're running around. God just bless me. God just touch me. We're praying the wrong prayers because he took care of all of these things we're asking for when he went to the cross. But we don't want to invest in it like he had already invested in. We want it just nice and easy. That sword that was thrust in the side, it says blood and water came out. Today, our sins could be forgiven. Remission of sins. Our, we are able to get our sins removed so when we mess up we're able to be free from it when he died he rose himself from the grave and then he ascended to heaven his resurrection from the grave tells us that we can have new life that we too can have our life be resurrected and be changed. And then his ascension means we have the opportunity to live eternally. Every single thing that God did was calculated for you and for me. Even when he was on the cross, the Bible says he had eight utterances. You know what those utterances were? He was quoting scriptures from the book of Psalms. And we was just like, what is he saying? What is he saying? Because he came to fulfill his purpose. So we can have purpose. And we treat this as gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. We just want God to give us. We just want God to do this. But we won't partner up with him and say, God, I, I know why. I will never forget what you had done for us over 2,000 years ago. I will not let it go. I realize everything that's going on is because you did that for us. There is no person. No power, no thing in this world, out of this world, that can do for you what the gospel can do. If the preacher 
don't preach the gospel, mankind has no hope. If the gospel is not preached, we have no hope. Because, I, for lack of better word, there is no other formula. The formula is the gospel, which includes the cross. There is no other formula. And we try to invent formulas. You know how scientists go in the lab and they try to cook up a formula. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's get a tester this and a tester that. And they're testing things to see how it works. That's what we're doing when it comes down to the gospel. We're testing things. Will this work? Will that work? And God is saying, what I have established, that's all that's going to work. If you want to spend all your time trying to scientifically put something together that you think is going to work better, you're wasting your time. We're wasting our time trying to figure out a different way. We're wasting our time trying to do it our own way. Paul said he was sent by Jesus Christ to preach the gospel, not to worry about using eloquent vocabulary. He said, if he does not preach the gospel plainly, the gospel will not be affected. Mm -hmm. The gospel does not depend for its success on human wisdom or philosophy of men. If God's preacher neglect to preach the gospel message, which encompasses the cross, there is no hope for mankind to be saved and live a victorious life. So what kind of life were you trying to live? Because that's where the conundrum is. We want to live the life we feel like we need to live. And God is saying, I have a life that I've established for you to live. Now, that's a conundrum because the bottom line is we are, it, it, it's hard for us to believe anyone could think of a better situation for us than us. Yeah. Oh, you can sit there and act like you don't understand what I'm saying. We have a hard time believing anyone can have a better plan for our life, better than what we have. And that's the struggle because that's how we're living. We're living like I, 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 I kind of know what I want. I know what I want to do. I hear you. But because this is so simple, but we make it so hard. Are you all knowing? Are you all powerful? So you're always going to get jammed up. No matter how smart you are, no matter how much you think you know, you're always going to get jammed up. Now, the all-knowing, all-powerful creator, now he has a plan for your life that will supersede any plan you have and will be greater for you than any plan you can make. But will you trust him? Why wouldn't we trust him after all he went through for us? What's so hard about trusting that? Who in their right mind is going to give their life for people that wouldn't even respond immediately for all the goodness he has done? What kind of man, what kind of God is this that we serve? Are we just going to dismiss what he has done? He has given us the proof that he cares more for us than we even care for ourselves. 
Listen. All that he did in giving his life, it was for us. It was for our life to be what it needs to be. Only when we respond to the gospel as Jesus wants us to respond, can the gospel work for us. We want the gospel to work or we just want God to do stuff. Some of us, we can't even see far enough. We don't even have the self-esteem that we need to even see far enough. What God wants to do in your life, I know it's ridiculously crazy to you. You'll never buy into that, some of you. But I want you to buy into it today. Because of our experiences, because of what people have told us, because of some of the things that we have been through, we can't even believe that God wants to do something as great as he desired to do in our life. We can't fathom it. So we just kind of, we don't bother to seek after God for the life that he has in store for us because we can't even imagine that God will elevate us in life like that. Somebody hear me right now and hear me good. God can do exceeding. God can elevate you beyond your understanding. Your life is not over and what you have accomplished is just the scratch of the surface. God has greater plans for you. God has bigger plans for you. God has greater things for you to do. I don't care where you are or what you're going through, you just have to know that the gospel, the cross was done so you can have the life that he's trying to get you to understand. It's time that you shake off all of the history and past of the wrong and the bad. Shake it off somebody and say, God, I want the life that you have in store for me. God, whatever it is that you have given your life so I can live. I want that life. I want that life. Somebody need to tell God today, I want what you have in store for me. Somebody help me today. Don't sit there on this. Don't sit there on this. Don't sit there. Come on. Don't don't just give up like that. You're giving up when you decide that this is just who you are and what you're going to do. It means you're giving up. And the only way the gospel don't help you is if you give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on people. Don't give up because God has not given up on you. today you have to know you have to believe the gospel is God's way of bringing you up to the place where you need to be you can't get there no other way and what you have in mind will never get you there and you got to know that you have not been so bad or so terrible that God can't get you up there I tell you all the time No matter what your past is, it wasn't worse than the Apostle Paul. Serious. The Apostle Paul was trying to stop the work of God. You and I, whatever sinful ways we were living, we wasn't trying to stop the church. No, none of us in here was trying to, I'm going to stop the church. That's heresy and that's false. Let me stop the church. 
None of us did that. But just listen to how this sound. The greatest apostle tried to stop the church before he became apostle. That's what his mission was. I'm going to shut down the church because that's just wrong. That's false. That's not, that's not the work of God. I'm shutting it down. That's what the greatest apostle thought at one time. And look at his life. Almost two-thirds of the New Testament, God used him to write. You want to underestimate that God can do exceeding and abundant? You want to estimate that God, underestimate that God can raise you up and do something amazing in your life? Oh, he wants to. It just comes down to, will you respond to the gospel and trust God to do what he wants to do? The power of God is manifested whenever the gospel is preached. The power of God is always manifested whenever the power of God is preached. But your heart got to be open. Listen, I know why we're still seeing more miracles overseas than we are seeing in America. I know why. We don't feel like we got need of anything in the States. And whatever we got need of, we have the opportunity how to obtain it. I'll work two jobs just for two months. I'll work two jobs for two months, get that extra money, get that thing. So it doesn't matter what we want. In America, we can get it. Yep. I can do whatever I got to do to get what I want. But you be poor in a foreign country. Ain't no job. Ain't no government welfare. Ain't nothing. So you don't have no hope as to how you can accomplish or get something. So guess what? You don't have no hope. And so they become desperate. Our challenge here in America is how to be desperate for God when we have everything else. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. How are we going to be desperate for God when we have everything else? Uh-huh. But some evidence should be Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. You know how some things happen in life and you can't explain it, but you know it got some significance? That's, I feel that, that, like that about this. I don't understand it. I don't know what to think about it. I don't have no thoughts on it. All I know is this thing has some kind of significance, Lord. This thing has some kind of significance. And the, only, and the significance I would bring to you today to give thought to is, dude was almost a billionaire. If he flying places, places with a helicopter, remember, helicopter. That's how he was moving around because L.A. is crazy with traffic. So he decided, let me get a copter and I can move quickly without getting jammed up. But none of us are in control of when we're going to die. None of us are in control of when we're going to die. None of us are in control of when we're going to die. And maybe if we will take ourselves to that place of thinking, then we will realize, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need to know you. I need to walk in your purpose because, Jesus, I cannot die without you. I know we all got to die, but I can't die without you. 
you get to that place and maybe you'll start realizing you're desperate for the Lord. You might have the car you like to drive, but you're desperate for the Lord. You may be living in the house that you love, but you're desperate for the Lord. Your children may be great, wonderful, but you're desperate for the Lord. So if you want to think you're not desperate for the Lord, you're only deceiving yourself. Because if you die without the Lord, you'll be just forgotten. In a few days after the funeral, it's all said and done. It's all over with. But there's some of us today. Jesus had given his life over 2,000 years ago. There's some of us that haven't forgotten. There's some of us that haven't forgotten. That's how you know that's significant. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus laid down his life for us. But we still remember. But you got to live this thing like you still remember. You got to live this thing like you still remember. You got to you got to you got to realize this is not just business as usual, church. We're not. It's not just business as usual. We got to get a hold of what Jesus have for us. Monitor your actions because your actions tell you where you are. Don't ignore it. Don't be afraid of it. Challenge yourself. I see where I am because my actions dictate where I am. The power of God is manifested whenever the gospel is preached. I'll give you a couple of passages of scripture and I'll be out of your hair. Acts chapter 3, verse number 4. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Brother Scarlett, in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, hold on to that. Hold on. Don't let that leave you. We're going to read a little bit more, but just remember that part. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. I got so much. I got so much to show you today, but I'm, I'm not going to belabor the point. The man was lame, and he was at the gate of the temple begging for money. What's my point of telling you that? He had a need. We're in trouble because we don't realize why things are not working. We don't have no need. Whatever you want to say. Watch today. You'll see that you don't have no need. This man had a need. 
So because he had a need, there was an opportunity for God to do something. When we have needs, God have an opportunity to work in our life. But if you all good, like you act all the time, then God don't have a need. Or should I say God don't have an opportunity to work in your life. So if you all good, then nothing is going to happen. This is why sometimes nothing happened in the service. Because you are all good. We're all good. If we're all good. Jesus says, I came for those who had need of a physician. But them that are well, ain't nothing for me to do for them. So if we want to sit in church like we're well, God know you're sick. But if you don't act like you're sick, he won't do a thing. I told you, I'm done playing games. I don't know if it's age or I'm getting closer to Jesus or I think I'm going to die soon. I don't know what it is. I'm done playing games. It is what it is. You call it what you want. But all I know is I got to dig deeper into Jesus. That's all I know. I don't want to know nothing else. And I'm not going to be embarrassed for nothing. Jesus took my shame on the cross when they stripped him naked and whipped him on the cross. That was shame. And he took on that shame. So I wouldn't have to worry about shame. You can worry about shame if you want. Because everything you everything you gonna accuse me of, I'm going to tell you God forgave me of. Everything that you're going to say, look at you about, I'm going to say God took care of it on the cross. Everything that you can ever say about me or you can ever just, just try to conjure up against me, God took care of it on the cross. You're the one that's deceived. If you think you can bring up a past or you think you can say something about me, God took care of it on the cross. That's the attitude you better have. And when you have that attitude, you don't have to worry about what you do. Because later for those people that's looking at you, talking about, look at her, look at him. I wonder what's going on. Uh, Sister, you lost. Brother, you lost. Uh, Because what God has done on the cross for me, I'm not ashamed to lift my hands. I'm not ashamed to worship him. I'm not ashamed to cry out, to lay before him. I'm not ashamed. Because he took shame for my shame. You don't have no need? Ain't no need for him to do nothing. So the lame man, he couldn't walk. However, he got to that temple every day. Friends brought him. He dragged himself. He got there. He had a need. No need. You don't need Jesus. And so, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. Ah. Uh, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? (laughs) If God decided to start healing everybody in here, everybody would run come marveling. And God probably 
want to just get mad and say, this is what y'all impressed with, huh? Can I tell you a little secret? God is more impressed with you when you are interested in him more than interested in what he can do for you. God is more interested in you in being interested in him than you being interested in what he can do. Because what he can do is a small thing to him. He's like, are you kidding me? I don't care about that. That's just, I took care of that on the cross. He's not impressed by his power. You know what he likes? Relationship with us. He's interested in you as an individual. And because he's interested in you, yeah, he's going to heal you and do all that stuff, but he's more interested in you. And so Peter says, ye men of Israel, why marvel at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power? Watch this. Brother Kellerman, for years, and you've heard me say it in this church. <laughs> I, I found the scripture this morning. I said, man, listen to me, church. It says here, as though by our own power or holiness, an unholy church is a powerless church. But people despise holiness. They got a problem with holiness. They're saying, don't tell me how to look and what to do. And God is saying, I like to work my power through holy people. Oh, my God. Uh, we have problems with that. We have problems with that. He said, I didn't do it by my power or my holiness. Huh. There's something about us being holy. There's something about us honoring holiness that comes out in the power of God. God and when people are holy it's something about it he says be ye holy as I am holy and when holy people approach a holy God and connect with this holy God there's a power that begins to be released there's something that begins to happen because God already said be ye holy as I am holy there's something that happens when you're holy. That don't happen when you're not holy. As though by our own power or holiness. We had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham. Here we go now. The God of Abraham. And of Isaac and of Jacob. The God of our fathers. Had glorified his son Jesus. Whom he delivered up. And denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Did you know that when Jesus was being uh, crucified, they gave uh, the, 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 the Jews an opportunity to either let go Jesus or let go a murderer. And, they, and, and guess what they said? You keep Jesus, give us the murderer. That tell you what where our mind is. We just go with the what we everybody go with. 
and kill the prince of life whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name had made this man strong. So let me tell you a secret in case you didn't know. The power of God is manifested when you speak the name of Jesus. Because if you want to really boil it down, Jesus is the gospel. You have no clue what you do when you say in the name of Jesus. Because you know who Jesus is. He is the almighty God who manifests himself as man and still was God. And walked this earth and lay down his life and let the people he created kill him, mock him, crucify him. And rose himself. Jesus is the gospel. And so that's why we can use that name. That's why we said this morning, demons tremble at the name of Jesus. You know why? The demons know who he is. When will we know who he is and begin to speak his name with authority, with boldness, and watch the power of God begins to be unleashed because the name of Jesus is who God is and he is the gospel. Jesus is the message. Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the one they crucified. Jesus is God Almighty. So when we begin to do anything, We need to speak that name. It's the name because it is the gospel. When I say in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, when I say it, I just shake on the inside. I don't know about you, but when I begin to call that name, uh, my insides begin to shake. Uh, my hands begin to move. Uh, there is a power and an energy that start to move all in me because uh, I reverence that name. Uh, I know who that name is. Uh, I know the power that manifests that name. I'm done. Give me your last text today. Stand with me. Here is the last text. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. The gospel really works. We can't forget about it. We can't forget what it means. We can't forget what it does. We can't put the cart before the horse and that's where we get jammed up and don't see good results it's because we're trying to you remember the sons of Sceva some of you know some of you probably don't know but what had happened was the apostles couple of the apostles lay hands and cast out demons then the sons of Sceva's sons of Sceva's they decided we're going to do the same thing they laid hands and the demons just 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 walloped them. They had to run. They run out of the house naked. You know what the demon said? Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? 
So what it means is, when you know the name, when you know who is the name, when you use that name because you know the name and who is the name, demons got to go. They got to tremble and get to fear and move out. But if you ain't legit, because what God has done ain't nothing to play with. Who he is is nothing to play with. And we have to stop taking the gospel and the crucifixion for granted like it's no big thing. Listen to me. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Church, let's get in the groove of being a true man of God, of being a true woman of God, and being a true young person of God, and being a true child of God. Let's get in the groove because the time is here. We don't have any more time to play around with our salvation. God is wanting to do great things. God is wanting to do mighty things for the people that have need. You don't have no need. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. The word of the Lord says, familiar passage of scripture. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter. That's a mouthful right there. Remember, I just told you earlier, God wants to do great things in your life. Why can I say that? He did it in the Apostle Paul's life. He did it in Peter's life. He did it in John's life. He did it in Apollos' life. I can go on and on in Scripture. He did it in Esther's life. We can go on and on. So what's the difference between you and them? He's no respect of person. So quit thinking that where you are, is that's where you're going to always be. Quit thinking the situation that you're dealing with is always going to be the situation. God will lift you so high that even if the situation remains, it won't even matter and it won't even bother you. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He was God. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Whom they slew and hung on a tree. He preaching the gospel. In case you missed it, Paul, I'm sorry, Peter is now preaching the gospel. God sent him to a non-Jew. And since the Jews thought that the, 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 the salvation was only for Jews, God twisted them and said, that's what you all thought. That's your presumptuous self thinking that salvation was only for Jews. Salvation was for everybody. I'm sending you to a, 
to a non-Jew, you Jew boy, you go into this non-Jew boy and go preach to him. That's what I'm sending you to do because you don't have this lock. Nobody have this thing on lock. Go preach to the Gentile. And so, okay, Lord. So Peter go preach to him. That's why Peter said, I perceive. That was his nice way of saying, ooh, y'all not Jews, huh? That's, that's what happened. He showed up and realized they wasn't Jews. Oh, snap. I perceive. God is no respect of persons. Shut him down real quick. And so Peter's preaching and says, here's what y'all did. Y'all slew him and hung him on a tree. Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, almighty God. Y'all slew him and hung him on a tree. This is what Peter's preaching to this Gentile. Him, God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people. But unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Peter is telling you what he experienced himself, what he saw. And he's preaching this gospel, this beautiful gospel to these Gentiles. Verse 42. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, to give all the prophets witness that through his name. Remember we just read in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why I told you, hold on to that. When you speak the name, you understand the gospel, the crucifixion, because just anybody, some people use his name in vain, but they have no clue. But when you come to know him and you use that name, you realize I'm preaching the gospel, just saying the name of Jesus, because I know Jesus is almighty God that manifests himself in flesh to move among this world and do great things and then lay down his life so we can killed him because if he didn't die all of us would have to die that same kind of death for the sins that we committed to him gave all the prophets witnesses through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins shall receive it didn't say receives you know people like to tell you just 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 believe no there's actions now, here's the powerful part. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. All them. The other day I said, I read some scripture that told you some of them. This one say all of them. You know what that means? All of them realized they had a need. You want me to tell you about these people? These people were following a man named Cornelius. And Cornelius was a good man. He was a godly man, but he knew something was missing in his life. And one day as he was praying, God told him, send for a man named Peter from Joppa. And while Peter was praying, God told Peter, some men are downstairs for you and go with them. God orchestrated the meeting. And so when, he's, when Cornelius sent for Peter, guess what? He told his household because he, he had people following him in that way, the way of Jesus Christ. But they, they had a need. They didn't have all the truth. And so while they were following, now he sent for Peter. He told his whole house, God told me to send for this guy named Peter. 
we're all going to gather in this house and we're going to wait for Peter to come. So let's stay here. Peter will be here in a few days and we will hear what he has to say. When Peter came in, they were in awe because they knew he was sent from God. As a matter of fact, they try to almost bow and all that. So Peter said, no, 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 no. Don't do that, please. We're not God. And so Peter began to preach the gospel to them. People that knew they had a need. It's going to come back to that today. And it will continue to be that. If you don't think you have a need, nothing happens. If you think you have a need and you call on the name of Jesus Christ, that need will be met or exceeded. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision, meaning the people that came with Peter, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift God is no respecter of persons. Why was that so amazing to them? Because they had received the Holy Ghost in the upper room in the book of Acts. Well, further back in Acts, they received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 1, chapter um, 2, verse um, um, 4. They had received the Holy Ghost, and so they just thought, again, we're special people. So God gave us the Holy Ghost. Now, all these other people, I don't know what he's going to do with them, but we're going to be the master of this because we have the Holy Ghost. And then when God sent him to the Gentiles to go preach to them the gospel, and he started preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. And they received the Holy Ghost too. Now they were like, ooh, oh, snap. We don't have a foothold on this thing. How did they know they received the Holy Ghost? If you don't get comfortable with this stuff here, I don't know how you're going to make it. Because, because Peter says, they received the Holy Ghost like us. Well, Peter, how do you know they received the Holy Ghost like you? Because, you know, a lot of people say, I have the Holy Ghost because I feel it. I have the Holy Ghost because something happened. I hear you. I challenge God. God, I want the Holy Ghost like the Bible says. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to go by my thought because somehow I don't see it working the way it's working for other people. Take your eyes off people. Forget about the pastor. Oh, man, they speak in tongues. They, forget about them. Put your eyes on Jesus. Jesus, I read it with my very own eyes. Yeah, I heard the pastor preaching, but I, 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 I read it and I, and, 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 and I see it. I see it here for myself. I want to experience it the way the Bible teaches it. And you don't have to fear because God is a man of his word. He said he promised you will receive it. So Peter and them knew because he says, for they heard them speak, heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So that's how Peter knew they received the Holy Ghost like them. People are afraid to talk about the Holy Ghost. Depending on what kind of church you go to, they're afraid to talk about it. Some people talk about it, but talk about it crazily. You know, I, verse 47 says, now Peter says, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. He commanded them. If I try to command y'all, y'all ain't coming back. 
Julius, if I command people, y'all be like, nah, that's a crazy church. Did that dude think he got it? I don't know who he think he is. He ain't God. I'm allowed to command you according to the word of God. Now, if I command you to go do some crazy things like those other crazy people did, then I understand. But but if I command you according to the word of God, I'm I'm well within my right. I'm just I'm just preaching is 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 declaring the word of God. When a preacher starts preaching his own thing, there's a problem. But preaching is declaring the word of God. And so he commanded them to be baptized. In the name of the Lord. What's the Lord's name? I thought it was Father. I thought it was Son. The Lord's name is Jesus. Then prayed they him to tarry a certain days. And we have here understand that when the gospel was preached, things began to happen to people who felt like they had a need. So if you didn't get anything today, Get these two things. The power of God is in the message of the gospel, which includes the crucifixion of Christ. And anything you want to take place in your life will take place because Christ had given his life for every one of us. And he allowed himself to be crucified. For every one of us. And that's where the power will come in to change us. That's where the power will come in to heal us. That's where the power will come in to strengthen us. That's where the power will come in to save us. Because Christ had done that for us. But if we do not approach it like I have a need. And I thank you Lord for that. What you have done over 2,000 years ago. So today my need could be met. I thank you for that. If we don't get to that place, we will never get to experience the effectiveness of the gospel. If we never show up as people with need, we will never experience the effectiveness of the gospel. The gospel, which includes the cross, is the power that saves and keep us safe. So today, as we dismiss... Ask yourself, do you have any need that you need God to meet today? If you have the need, God will do it. If you don't have a need, then God says, I'll see you next time. Lift your hands. Lift your hands to the heavens. I want you to think about what your greatest need is and really, really embrace that need. We'll pray in a second, but I want you to think about, do you have a need? What is that need? Is it truly a need? And now that you can say truly, this is my need, now we can go before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever and whenever the gospel is preached, your power was always eminent. Your power was always released your power was always manifested and for every uplifted hand for every person that know for sure that you had come into this world lived a life of example lay down your life be crucified be killed 
and rose on the third day and ascended to heaven. Lord, for every person that is in this place today that truly believe that and will speak the name of Jesus because they have a need, I touch and agree with them that that need will be met. Uh, Ah, that need will be met today, Lord God. Lord, the need that they have to be one with you. The need that they have, Lord God, to fulfill, to step into their purpose in you. The need that they have to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The need that they have to take their rightful place in the kingdom of God. The need that they have, Lord God, to live a life of example to all to, for all to see. That need, Lord God, let it be fulfilled today. Let it be exceeded for every person that will cry out, for every person that will call, call out to you, for every person that needs deliverance. If you need deliverance, if you need deliverance, be bold today and say, God, will you deliver me? You know what you need deliverance from. Will you just lift your hand and say, God, only you can deliver me. If I'm not delivered by your power. If I'm not delivered according to the power of the name of Jesus Christ. If I'm not delivered by that, I don't think I can ever be delivered, Lord. How else will I be delivered? And so, Lord, I touch and agree for every person in this house that is calling on your name and crying out for deliverance. I pray for their deliverance that they will no longer be ruled, be bound, be controlled by anything else, by anything else, that you will become the force in their life, the power in their life that will guide them, that will lead them, that will move them in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you'll baptize somebody with your spirit in this place today, that Lord, for the first time they will talk in tongues as the spirit gives them the utterance, because God, they have a need for every person in this house that have a need. Will you receive from God today? Will you receive from God today? Will you receive from God today? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, bless the Lord. Worship the Lord.